Hello and welcome to LOPR Aftershock for the WWE Royal Rumble. Hopefully everything is working correctly. I've got quite a lot to check up on. And I think I'm live on Spreaker. I'm pretty certain I'm live on YouTube. <laughs> so everything's going fine. Anyway, so you can send me messages and things on Spreaker and lossofpain.net. Uh, on YouTube itself, if you're tuning in on YouTube. Oh my word, I've got audio coming out of somewhere. Where's my audio coming out of? It's coming out of my laptop because I'm really smart. Right, <laughs> there we go. Right then. NPR Aftershock for the WWE Royal Rumble. Let's move my notes closer. Uh, the first WWE pay-per-view of the decade. Uh, hello, welcome again properly to Lords of Pain Radio Aftershock without the technical stuff all about. Um, for the 2020 WWE Royal Rumble, uh, we are live immediately following the show going off air. It went off about 10, 13 minutes ago. I had a lot to set up. I was running around like a crazy man. Gone 25 past when I was meant to go live. I'm running around. I don't have my headphones. <laughs> I've not got an extension cable for my laptop. I've written all my notes on. So uh, it went really well. It went really, really well. I'm not even put out the tweet saying we're live because it's, uh, it's quite late. It is 4.30 in the morning about for me. And I feel like I'm way more awake than I should be at this time. But I was expecting to be going live at like 5am or something ridiculous for this. So this is quite nice to be doing this. But anyway, do send in whatever your feelings are about the Royal Rumble. I'm having issues with things, but hopefully I get messages through. But anyway, this was a four-hour show with just Overwood. And the first hour was uh, interesting. They did something I wasn't expecting by having the Women's Rumble so early. The second hour and the kind of a bit, half of the third start to drag a little bit. But having both rumbles start in an interesting place meant that the show wasn't as bad. And half of the matches got moved to the pre-show, which I did not watch. Because I'm not a crazy man. <laughs> no, I am not listening. And I'm not watching the two-hour pre-show when you're already getting about four and a half hours out of me. Then I've got to do this <laughs> LVR Aftershock as well. So, hooray! Oh, if you're listening, Steve, we still miss you. <laughs> Please come back. Uh, anyway, the Royal Rumble. So we've just ended with the main event. In my notes, I've got it in order. But no, let's start with the men's main event, because I've just finished watching it. So, I'll talk about the match overall. But, um, in the end, I ended up really, really liking it. Uh, the, I guess, the consensus on Twitter seems to be really positive as well, which is great to see. So that is... Nice <laughs> to be uh, seeing that kind of thing. So, your thumbs up in the department of, I guess, most people's opinion. Uh, yeah, I really, really liked it as well. Uh, Drew McIntyre, 100% the correct winner, uh, which is awesome to see. I'd called Roman Reigns, but in the progress of the match, he, there's still too much. He's too damaged. I thought, personally, he might be fixed enough, really. But watching the course of the match, I realised I was wrong. And it was the right decision to not have him win. Once again, Roman Reigns is the second person from the end and doesn't end up winning. <laughs> After the, oh, I guess which, I can't remember if he was eliminated second, the third, the second last elimination in 2016, but he won in 20, he was the, the yeah, second, he was the final person eliminated in 2014. He won in 2015, uh, second to last, so there were three people remaining when he went out in 2016. 17, he was the last guy eliminated. 18, he was the last guy eliminated. Last year, he wasn't fit. He was out of it. And then this year, he was also, again, the last guy eliminated. <laughs> so, a streak building for Roman Reigns. So, that is interesting to see that. That that's kept up, that he's still not won. I feel like, is that a story that's building? Or is it just because he's their guy, but they can't have him win, so they have him be the penultimate guy? 
It's like, yeah, you can put someone over like that. And that's what he did tonight with Drew McIntyre. He got the massive rub from Lesnar and the massive rub of winning that as well. So that was great. There were many more surprises across the match, but I've got a copious amount of notes that I've written during this, so I'm going to go through them all for this match as we blast through it. So, I've got it in down as the 33rd men's annual men's Royal Rumble match. Don't know how accurate that is. But we started off with... I'm getting right into it. <laughs> so, we started off with uh, Brock Lesnar entering at number one, as we all knew beforehand. And, as we probably should have known going into the thing, Elias went in as number two. Oh, yes. Of course it's Elias. He sings us a lovely song and... Bef- he sings us a, I can't really speak. Sends us a lovely song... Uh, before eventually getting battered, even though he said he wouldn't do on SmackDown. Uh, not a smart move, Elias. Uh, guitar across the singer's back, and he's the first to go. Here we go, ladies and gents. <laughs> uh, just, a, just a wee moment of dominance for the Lesnar here. We are bent, about to enter in this period for the men's rumble. So I've realised the setup I've got isn't working, because I'm not speaking into the microphone. So that's bloody irritating. Uh, rotating, making noises. This is not going to work. <laughs> right. Next up. Hopefully this, hopefully this still works. Uh, number three, with Lesnar p- uh, pouncing around, uh, is Eric Rowan with his What's in the Box gimmick. Uh, unfortunately, all we can tell is it wasn't a box of luck. <laughs> Whatever. It took eight seconds for Bock to eliminate him, and on to the next guy we go. Uh, number four, Robert Roode. Not exactly a glorious number to draw for the Canadian. Uh, at least he got in a few punches before getting counted F5'd and eliminated. So, if you want a positive, <laughs> that's what I've got. Uh, number five, John Morrison. This caught me off guard a bit. I thought he and Miz might get a thing a little bit later. Uh, so, unlucky ducky <laughs> for John Morrison. Uh, the Beast immediately catches him and German suplexes him over the top rope. Morrison made that look awesome as hell. Uh, so this whole list of things so far, it's entertaining. I'm just hoping the heavy hitters start to change things over the next five or so at some point. I was thinking if they went all the way to ten, it might start to get old a bit fast. They came up with an idea to play out a bit, but he got that consensus. It was especially after ten, there were a lot of people not enjoying it. I thought they handled it relatively well. Uh, so number six was Kofi Kingston, and everybody rubs their hands and like, well then. Or probably not. <laughs> the crowd were right behind Kofi, but WWE aren't, though. So, yeah, for heat you shall be used. Uh, Lesnar beats him up, but he doesn't eliminate him, which is interesting. Uh, number seven, out comes Rey Mysterio, dressed up as Bat Mysterio. Uh, the lad who took it to Lesnar back at Survivor Series. But not tonight, <laughs> really. Suplexes! Uh, Lesnar continues to dominate, he's just not eliminating any, everybody. So he's still ruling the Rumble, he's just not he's not eliminating people to keep it one-on-one the entire time. In comes number eight, Big E. It's a new day, yes it is. Uh, he lifts up Ray and Kofi, who are on the outside after getting beaten up. Uh, he then lifts them up and lifts up their spirits to then join him and all running together. Three on one, that's nice and smart from Big E. Uh, Trouble in Paradise from Kofi, big ending from Big E, 619 from Rey Mysterio. Uh, Then they start doing the running train into the corner, but Mysterio then gets launched out of the ring. Uh, It was then an awesome, I guess, jump off of uh, Kofi Kingston. No, it was a jump off of Big E onto Kofi Kingston from Lesnar. 
They went flying into him. That was an awesome spot. Then Langston himself goes flying out of the ring. And then Kingston is next to get F5'd outside. And Houston boos in disappointment. It's like, ah, yes, but what else did we expect? (laughs) Really. Uh, Number nine was Cesaro. Cesaro? Ugh, I said his name wrong, but who cares in this match? (laughs) Isn't it? Cesaro entered, and my notes literally just read, yeah, no. (laughs) And that's Cesaro gone. Number 10, uh, the Minnesota Buddies of Shelton Benjamin comes down to uh, join Brock Lesnar, and Heyman plays it up as well, and Lesnar plays it up, and they spend like a full minute being friends. (laughs) And it's kind of like, I loved how they did at least sell their friendship for a bit. Um, But Silly Shelton gets suplexed for his friendship belief. And and now, with 10 gone, we were at the point where the match felt like it needed to start shifting. The thing with Big E, Rey Mysterio and Kofi had been a nice little moment. But then we immediately started entering Cesaro and then Shelton Benjamin. And we started entering, once again, a run of people just immediately running in and get eliminated once again. It's kind of like, ah. This is where it starts to worry a little bit, because there's always the chance... They could Yokozuna on the boat this. <laughs> then just he gets rid of everybody. Then Lex Luger comes down and wins. And if you're doing it in that pattern, whoever that is, like, uh, I'm not entirely sure of that. Uh, number 11 is the IC champion Shinsuke Nakamura. Oh dear. Out he goes. Number 12, MVP as Black Panther. <laughs> so, a nice double surprise there. MVP. His music started playing and I was just like, oh yeah, MVP. Oh shit, MVP! <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> That's great. Uh, so, MVP came in, yeah, dressed up in his Black Panther getup, so that was cool. Uh, first match in a decade, if I might, for the, in the WWE for MVP. Uh, very smartly, he chases Heyman around the ring instead of getting in and getting clobbered. Uh, Lesnar instead then just catches him, drags him into the ring, and oh well. Uh, F5 and elimination for MVP. The pattern continues. But it kind of stops here a little bit. Number 13 is Keith Lee. And Houston erupts. Fair to say they remember. They've, well, they've watched Keith Lee maybe on NXT on USA. But also the, at Survivor Series, Keith Lee got put over a massive deal. Uh, Lesnar essentially just goes, ooh, big boy. <laughs> Which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> it's, that's, I am paraphrasing a little bit. But that's essentially his reaction. <laughs> just, ooh, big boy. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, that's technically not a gag because he actually did that and it was hilarious <laughs> uh, as was happening I was thinking oh will WWE make a star out of him because we saw it with Bianca Belair in the women so spoilers for later but it's kind of like could they make a star of Keith Lee and I feel like they kind of did because he stood up to Brock Lesnar and Brock Lesnar wasn't he, he technically eliminated him but he wasn't just Lesnar that was able to do it compared to the others so did we we didn't really follow the pattern set by this match, but with the Women's Rumble having quite a few NXT people also enter and immediately get thrown out, it was a little bit worrying. A precedent had been set. But he doesn't get eliminated. He squares up against Brock Lesnar and holds his own. Uh, number 14 was Braun Strowman. Down come the big boys. Uh, corner charges for everybody. A mighty drop kick for Keith Lee. A ringside charge for Keith Lee. Back in the ring with a clothesline for Lesnar. Uh, German then German suplex to the monster to the limitless and both again Lesnar starts to rule the roost and difference being now that Lesnar's showing fatigue he himself then just lays down on the ring after German suplexing everybody compared to earlier where he was running rampant so he takes big lights down and then he's lying himself on the ring 
Lee and Strowman then get back up and they start fighting against each other. They go one on one and they then lean up against the ropes. Oh dear, we can see where this is going. Up runs Lesnar and eliminates them both. Ah, uh, oh dear. <laughs> uh, so out go the big lads. But Keith Lee got to feel like a big deal. Lesnar could not take him down. So that was, it's kind of, in terms of like building for the future for Keith Lee coming up, I feel like this was great whilst also eliminating him so he's not there later on because it obviously something else happens relatively soon. Number 15 to Marcus Halfway, it's Ricochet. And immediately he's like, oh, he's, is he going to get his own back on uh, Brock Lesnar? And I'm just sitting there thinking, will he get kicked in the dick this time? <laughs> Where he goes, my monetization on YouTube. <laughs> uh, the answer is no. And they just kind of immediately jumps into Brock Lesnar's arms and yeah, gets taken down and it, Lesnar just toys around with him for a little bit. Then number 16 is Drew McIntyre. Uh, right then, he entered as the bookie's favourite, and the, as soon as he came out, there was this feeling around the crowd of, right, does he have weight, or will he just be another victim? Uh, when, when when he enters the ring, it's him and Brock Lesnar, but strikes Dickershay. <laughs> Down he goes. McIntyre hits the Claymore, and Brock is eliminated, and Houston goes crazy. Which is... The reaction was incredible, like people standing on their feet, cheering, you got the hey, hey, goodbye song. It was an awesome moment, and it's just like, in that moment, it was like, yeah, it worked. <laughs> he saw a lot of people on Twitter getting really kind of worried, as in they, were, they weren't enjoying it. I saw lots of tweets, people saying, this is the worst rumble ever, and I'm just sitting there thinking, they could Yokozuna on the boat this, but we're only at that point, we're not, we, weren't, we weren't even halfway really when I started seeing those tweets and calling this the worst rumble ever, I'm just like, wait to see how this builds. It's a very... It's a very quick reaction to have when we don't know the entire story. I don't quite understand reacting quite like that. But Drew McIntyre eliminated him. And for me, that the reaction proved that the tactic worked. They didn't just have Lesnar dominate for a bit like CM Punk. They had him rule the roost. <laughs> and that created such a different feeling. They really hyped up his performance as one of the best in Rumble history. So, And when he got eliminated, the crowd went absolutely mental. It was an awesome sight to see. And an awesome moment for Drew McIntyre as well. Uh, Ricochet then tried for a shooting star onto McIntyre. I must have missed something. There must have been the uh, back and forth of some sort. Instead, McIntyre caught the lad when he landed. He sat up, then stood up, and launched Ricochet over the top rope. Another awesome-looking elimination as Ricochet goes spinning and flying. That was amazing to see. Number 17 is The Miz, with Martin getting eliminated earlier. Don't like his odds. Uh, really, I'm not sure entering here would be any better than entering earlier on against Lesnar like Morrison did. Uh, Drew quickly countered into the future shock and then going straight back to staring at Lesnar who is at ringside and he's looking at him, staring a hole right through him saying that I'm going to challenge for your title. Which again, kind of cool to see, foreshadowed. Uh, Claymore kicked to the Miz and he's lifted up and thrown over the top rope. Now it's McIntyre ruling the rumble and making sure he stares holes through Lesnar while doing so. <laughs> so I feel like they were said at the end of the pay-per-view, who is he going to challenge? And I'm like, they told you. They told you who he's going to challenge, but of course you're ending the show on a bit of intrigue to try and get you to tune in, even though they've told you. <laughs> but the commentators, they didn't tell you. Drew McIntyre did in the ring, so I'm fine with that. It's all right. Number 18 is AJ Styles. No, they don't want one. Uh, he tangles with Michael McIntyre for a tad, and as it kind of slowed down the pace a bit, it looks like the ring is going to fill out from here. 19, Dolph Ziggler. 
the man with history with Drew. So this might not be... That might be a bit of a bad thing tonight. Uh, he does get clobbered, but he doesn't get eliminated. Uh, 20 as the ring starts to fill out, and Carl Anderson enters. Uh, so it turns out with Rusev and... I can't believe say his name. With Rusev and Bobby Lashley both ruled out. I think they said something about a brawl or something. I wasn't really paying attention. I know they brawled on Raw, but I don't know if they said they had another brawl in a parking lot or something. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I could have believed if it was they weren't able to continue from Monday Night Raw. I think I would have been fine with that. Not really necessary to, I guess, go super crazy <laughs> with it all. But yeah. So Carl Anderson then comes down. Uh, so the OC have more than one in the Rumble this time. So Luke Gallows was to enter later. Uh, the three heels in AJ Styles, Dolph Ziggler and Anderson... They try to eliminate the big Scott in Drew McIntyre, but Styles and Anderson turn on Mr. Ziggles and beat him up instead. So poor Ziggles. Uh, 21. It's Edge! <laughs> and again, Houston, go crazy. <laughs> the second time this match, an amazing reaction as Metalingus by Ottobridge blasts throughout the arena. You think you know me? Da 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 da. Oh, it was awesome. Uh, and obviously, just so he soaked in the reaction as well, which uh, it always moves me when they do that. I love it when that happens. So he uh, he soaks in the reaction. It goes into the ring. Production misses his first spear. It's like, oh, I mean, it, it didn't really take away from the moment. It was more of a, oh, you numpties <laughs> kind of a thing. Um, and he looks in absolutely amazing shape, Edge. So, yeah, and they caught all of the rest of his spears. So he was spears for everybody. Uh, he then squared off with AJ Styles in the middle of the ring, whilst 2009 me went crazy. <laughs> the face of TNA versus, like, the biggest... I think he was a heel in 2009. For my edge, kind of did his shift from heel to face. Oh, it's because he got injured. That was it. I'm an idiot. But, yeah, 2009 me going crazy watching AJ Styles and Edge go up against each other. As the ring continues to fill out, number 22 is King Corbin... Oh yay! <laughs> Whatever the opposite of Edge's pop was, this is it. And of course, in terms of oh, I wonder who it's going to be. Of course, the is it the Claxton that went, eh. and then they had to load the CGI. So it's the uh, virtual, not virtual reality, the augmented reality. They had to load all the CGI for that. So that comes up before his music plays. It's like oh, I wonder who it will be with all these crappy Corbin flags <laughs> dangling there. Uh, but yeah, so whatever that was. Uh, in the midst of this little spell, after Corbin comes in, gets in a bit of offence, uh, Edge eliminates AJ Styles. Was that meant to happen? So I um, I did my best during this match to not really go on to Twitter. Um, obviously, I failed earlier on looking at the Lesnar stuff, but and I, and I popped on to see everybody's reactions to Edge. <laughs> obviously, that's a massive moment. But for, for the majority of the match, I tried to kind of stay away, especially for this final portion, so I could decide myself how I felt. Because Twitter's often very critical. It's either the best thing in the world or the worst thing ever you don't really know which one it's going to be so uh so i didn't really see people talking about this but yeah edge was edge eliminated aj styles i don't know if that's meant to happen there were a few looks of confusion maybe possibly aj styles looked his lost his grip he appeared to clutch his arm um yeah something like that it happens obviously with the royal rumble there's the highest stake of if something goes wrong then he can muck up a whole sequence or something. But uh, it happens. Yeah, it looks like he lost his grip rather than genuinely that was meant to be when he went out because it's a little bit odd. Yeah, so out went AJ Styles. Uh, number 23, bro, Matt Riddle comes out to another massive reaction from the NXT guy. Kicks for everybody. 
But then Corbin eliminates him. <laughs> it's like, oh, I guess the big bad baddie needs heat, bro. Unlucky, <laughs> Matt Riddle. Uh, there was a tweet put out by Ryan Satin that about Matt Riddle uh, having s- some beef with Brock Lesnar backstage. So I don't know if this was like he got swapped to this spot after getting backstage heat, or because Ryan Satin, because of now how close he is to WWE with them him working on backstage. I feel like I can't trust his reports that much, really. Like, I need somebody else. I'll have, I'll have to go to, like, three or four different sites before I trust his report. <laughs> so I can say, he said that, but I don't have that much faith in the reporting anymore. There, yeah, so, yeah. Anyway, uh, number 24 is Luke Gallows. So Luke Gallows is next. Uh, assumedly, his role has a slightly less of an impact after AJ Styles getting eliminated uh, and... In the gap between him and the next guy, uh, McIntyre eliminates Corbin to a little bit of confusion. So Corbin getting another elimination on one of the bigger names in the match. 25 is Randy Orton. RKO for Gallows. RKO for somebody else that I missed because I was writing RKO for Gallows. Uh, He then stares down Edge in another moment that the crowd are like, oh, yes. (laughs) As rated RKO are reunited. And the OC get beaten up and Anderson and Gallows are out of here. They're unlucky lads. Number 26 is Roman Reigns with his hair that is still wet. Uh, he destroys Dolph Ziggler before launching him back into catering. And they make sure when Roman Reigns is coming down to the ring to say that number 26 is the latest number that somebody hasn't won from. And that is the kind of thing which you would think, oh, they're telling me that because he's likely to win. And <laughs> it's like, oh, that's why I'm being given that information. But often in Royal Rumbles, they'll give you that information to throw you off the scent <laughs> to make you think that is why they're bringing it up when really they're just it's building a bigger picture like he could be the person to change this and it's Roman Reigns at number 27 the most common number of winner uh, Kevin Owens with Samoa Joe still to come I was like eh, I don't really like KO's chances because I sense a thing that wasn't at all how it played out but I sense a thing yeah but for now, cannonballs to everybody, pop-up powerbomb to Drew McIntyre, superkick to Reigns, and a stunner. Uh, Orton stalks him from an RKO, but he gets caught with a stunner himself. So Kevin Owens, not eliminating everybody, but having a bit of a, a moment. <laughs> I love what I was going to say there. Uh, number 28 is Alistair Black, who I forgot was in the match. Really? That's a bit of a shame. <laughs> it's like, oh, I love Alistair Black. Oh, yeah. I feel like he might have been a good one. I guess, after Drew and Ricochet had their moment, he comes out in that gap. But of course, it's The Miz. And then he build it up pretty strongly after that immediately. So unless you get him immediately... It's, no, it's good they kept him away from uh, Brock Lesnar and then the Drew McIntyre kind of assuming control afterwards. But also, he got in, he held his own a bit. He got eliminated pretty easily, I thought, in the end. But after he entered, he killed everybody in the ring with his awesome kicks. <laughs> so that sims him down a little bit, but yeah. Uh, 29, Samoa Joe, 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 Joe. Uh, the ring's becoming more and more loaded with these bigger names as we close in at number 30. Uh, oh, I'll read your moment, thing in a moment, it's the sound. <laughs> Sorry, pop up. Um, and number 30 is Seth Rollins. Burn it down. I've lost my voice. <laughs> and oh dear, he's brought his friends with him. This might not end well for the lads still in the ring. Uh, Joe and Kevin Owens go right after them. They go out of the ring to attack the guys, uh, continuing from one late Raw. They then 
then obviously the, Kevin Owens and Samoa Joe get the crap beaten out of them and then the Messiah's men start pull, dragging folk out of the ring to be, beat them up and ch- throw them into the announcers tables uh, Edge and Randy Orton got the biggest of launchings <laughs> I guess if that's completely take them out it creates chaos as well uh, Curb stomped McIntyre Reigns and Black uh, the final guy being to the aid of Murphy to kind of link that together Owens hits a stunner on the Messiah and launches him over, but AOP catch him and put him back in. Owens, for some reason, reaches over the top rope <laughs> to try and get the AOP. So Seth Rollins back in the ring, obviously just tips him over. <laughs> like, you, you numpty Kevin. Oh. And obviously that doesn't create great odds for Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe locks Seth Rollins into a choke and Murphy attacks from behind, which allows Rollins to throw him out too. So the Messiah and his men eliminated both Kevin Owens and Samoa Joe to, I guess, continue their feud going forward to the next pay-per-view or whatever. The brawl ensues and Samoa Joe and Kevin Owens go out with the Messiah's disciples, uh, which then means that Seth Rollins is by himself. Ah, yeah, so Seth Rollins got his big Healy moment, eliminated two guys we love, and now he's stood in the middle of the ring, five on one. Oh dear, <laughs> he was he's going to pay for his sins. <laughs> So uh, Seth Rollins then stood in the middle of the ring, surrounded by the folk he just wronged. Everybody then got the slice of the pie before Reigns says bye-bye to his former S.H.I.E.L.D. brother. Every move you can think of, Seth Rollins was victim to it. (laughs) And with that, we have our final four. Drew McIntyre, Edge, Randy Orton and Roman Reigns. Uh, So, yeah, a nice little uh, back and forth between them. Uh, The first big spot really for me was the double RKO to McIntyre, which is... Kind of. I don't know if that's cool or not. <laughs> it's a kind of double team where it's like, ah, that's, that's interesting. <laughs> uh, afterwards, Orton lurked for an RKO, but got caught. And Edge saw him before he could do anything. The two calmed down, and they're just like, right, let's just calm down. It's two, it's two on two. We can just go for the other guys. But then Edge, before anyone can do anything mischievous, Edge catches Randy Orton and chucks him over the top rope. And we have a final three of Edge, Orton, and McIntyre. And... After that, Edge and Reigns stared down before laying into each other. The crowd are totally into this. Like They aren't cheering for Roman Reigns, but it's fun as hell in this closing thing with these three guys. Uh, Edge dodges a spear and hits one of his own. The crowd go mental. Over the top rope, he sends Reigns, but he just holds on with a final grasp on the rope. Uh, he pulls Edge over with him. Oh dear, we see Drew McIntyre in the background. <laughs> uh, but before anything really happens, Roman... He, I think he kicked the arms out from under Edge and Edge just fell to the outside. Then we're down to our final two of Roman and McIntyre. Rated last superstar is now gone. So final two. Roman goes to send Drew McIntyre over the top rope but the Scottish psychopath holds on with his big muscles. He elbows Roman in the face. Roman then in a very smart way goes for the rebound for something and gets caught with one mighty Claymore. Uh, Drew picks him up and out goes Reigns. Drew McIntyre wins the 2020 Men's Royal Rumble. The man once released from WWE now sits atop the mountain with a championship match set for WrestleMania or Pirate Mania, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Cool. They went with something slightly different that wasn't Roman. Thumbs up from me. I bloody love that match. All round. Well, so well done. (laughs) The Lesnar thing 100% paid off in the end. Therefore, the journey was worth it. The build, I feel like Keith Lee came out as a massive deal because Lesnar couldn't take him down by himself. I thought they did an amazing 
I guess, with Drew McIntyre as well, he's the guy who came up the biggest and obviously won in the end. They continued the Seth storyline's going to carry out on Raw really well. It's like, yeah, I've not really got many complaints. Um, I, I guess the Baron Corbin's elimination felt a little bit weird because it, of where it came. Although it was building Drew McIntyre, so I can't complain too much. And I guess AJ Styles felt like a botch. They happen. I can't really complain about that. But yeah, so anyway... Uh, we have I've have had a message through before I move on to the next thing. So uh, from for from for Sam, hello to Sam. Uh, woo imp. Uh, we spoke about Edge winning back in our power struggle review. <laughs> Did we? <laughs> Good call. Oh, <laughs> I have no memory of that at all. <laughs> but that's awesome that we called it. <laughs> I mean, he didn't win, but yeah, it's yeah awesome that we called that. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Ah, anyway. Oh, right, so now I am going to take a drink of water because it knackered me to go through that. Mm. It took me half an hour to do all that, so well done, mate. Yep, <laughs> checking the stream is still live. Oh, right, and check speaker for any comments. Don't get many through speaker. Right, so I'm going to go through the card in order so I get ready for, I guess, yeah. I might release this tomorrow as a, I guess, I'm thinking maybe a column. I've got like 3,600 words of notes here. <laughs> so it's like, oh, I could do the Visma Cool thing and <laughs> release the notes as a column for like Royal Mumble Notes or something. Uh, I don't have to do any work because I've written it already. All right, so first match, Falls Count Anywhere, Roman Reigns versus Baron Corbin. Ah, terrifying CGI Roman looms over Minute Maid Park. <laughs> that was interesting. Favourite Twitter thing I saw about that was somebody saying, it's like, oh, they, they're... The edibles are kicking in. <laughs> there was a picture of uh, the CGI Roman going, ah, in the forefront with Minute Maid in the background. <laughs> it was so funny. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, but really, this was a fine opener. Um, they brawled all over the place. It was fun to watch. I didn't really find it anything super spectacular. Every spot you thought would be in there was in there. The commentators, get, uh, the favourite thing that kind of made me laugh a little bit was the uh, Baron Corbin pointed somewhere. And Corey Graves went, oh, uh, uh, Michael Cole's like, oh, where's he pointing? And Corey Graves was like, oh, I hope, well, hopefully he's not pointing over there where our camera setup is on that rig. Okay, that's where they go then. <laughs> it just made me laugh a bit. Yeah, but obviously they didn't do anything on there, but it's when the Usos came in later that we got our big splash from there. So we got our big brawly feeding type of thing. We even got poop references, so... Cool, I guess. <laughs> uh, during the start of the match, the commentators were fountaining out exposition in the knowledge most people watching this event hadn't watched a single minute of this feud on the award-winning WWE television programs. <laughs> uh, over the course of said TV programs, this has been the feud that never ends, going on for months and months. As somebody who writes a column on it every single week, it's been going on for quite a while. Uh, and the few that I always guarantee that 100% will see the light of day come the next pay-per-view. It's not finished. Uh, but this match was folks laying punches in walk and brawls. Uh, and it, those are normally fun, if not super spectacular. Well, mostly fun. Okay, can be fun sometimes, as long as it isn't something like John Cena versus the Great Carly. <laughs> if you remember that from over a decade ago. Oh, that wasn't a classic. <laughs> Uh, after a quick brawl, uh, Reigns and Corbin they get the table spots out of the way to a nicely to a nicely eliminate that chant from this match. Uh, Roman went crashing through the Spanish announce table, 
followed by Corbin very slowly dragging Reigns over to the international commentators area. But the big dogs, Samoan drops Corbin through two of the tables. Where is Funaki going to sit to commentate now? Think of Funaki. <laughs> but yeah, with that, they got the table spot, so you're not going to get it in this match anymore. Got it out of the way. Smart. Uh, this match really it, it entered slow states of walking, followed by bursts of action. Uh, the next burst was Ziggler and Rude jumping into attack. Uh, slow down a bit. Burst after that was the Usos in, jumping in themselves to inject some energy. And then he slowly build to the next spot. Uh, peaks and troths. Uh, jumping Uso off of the structure, whatever it was called. Uh, the replay they showed of that showed how awesome it was. After the first one missed it, <laughs> Edge's, Edge's spear was foreshadowed. <laughs> They'd already missed the awesome spot earlier. Uh, Superman punch from... I've missed a spot here. Uh, so yeah, he's crazy. Uh, the other Uso, the thing I missed, was the other Uso getting corbined onto a propped-up table-like barricade <laughs> thing. Uh, then in comes Reigns, Superman punching the king. Uh, and we're back to our main two having their walk and brawls. Oh, and of course, there's a row of portaloos <laughs> for Reigns to throw the king into and tip over. Uh, I'd like to say it was a top-notch pun from the fans chanting holy S-word, but they were just chanting it because they, yeah, it's the wrestling chant. <laughs> uh, yeah, a bit more walk and brawl, and the next peak was on top of the baseball team dugouts. Uh, Corbin got his revenge, swinging a steel chair over Reigns, uh, but before he can end it with the end of days, uh, this led to a spear on top of the dugouts, and immediately like, okay, that was kind of cool. <laughs> Unique opportunity to hit a spear on top of the dugout, the only next stage obviously being a, a spear off of the dugout, but it's like right in the middle of the fan setup, so it's not exactly easy. But what they did was kind of cool, still spear on top of the dugout. In a baseball stadium, that's such a unique opportunity for them to do, so I'm kind of happy they did that. And I'm assuming fans of the baseballs loved that. <laughs> As you can evidently tell, that is not me. I'm not a baseballs person. <laughs> but yeah, a fun walk and brawl, if not a spectacular madness type of opener. I'm kind of happy they got it out of the way first, really. So yeah. Right, number two. Time for me to earn that second drink of water. <laughs> uh, a bit of a surprise, as the Women's Royal Rumble was second. Now, in terms of the flow of the show, I think I preferred it this way. Um, especially as, because I didn't watch the pre-show, I didn't know that so many matches were shifted. I'm really happy they were. Seamus Gable, uh, Carrillo versus Andrade, it didn't really have much of a build, so I didn't know why that was on the show as well. It was nice to see those shifted to actually give the show itself a better flow, and I'm really happy it ended like 45 <laughs> minutes shorter than I was expecting it to, so... From a Brit, that is, uh, thank you. Thank you, world. <laughs> so the third annual Women's Royal Rumble match. In uh, Overall, really, uh, it's interesting. I, I might call this the weakest, but really, technically, if you look at it, how it kind of it ages, I guess, in a way, the first one isn't particularly booked super well, but because of all of the occasion of the moment, it didn't really need to be. Uh, this match... It was definitely weaker than last year's, but last year's had the awesome Becky Lynch moment. This one only ever had one winner, and they knew that going in. You knew that with the build, and they did their best to try and... Oh, my phone is making loud noises. They did their best to try and throw the scent off of that. My battery's low. Why are you on? <laughs> Super professional podcaster. Uh, but yeah, they tried to make it interesting and throw you off the scent of... Oh, of course Charlotte Flair is going to win. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, 
I thought it was fine. Uh, my I get to my kind of issues with it when I've gone through the entire thing and earned my drink of water. So here we go. The third annual women's Royal Rumble match. Uh, number one is Alexa Bliss representing SmackDown, and number two is Bianca Belair from NXT. Uh, people immediately on Twitter wishing luck to Alexa Bliss as uh, Bianca Belair comes in. It's like, ah, well, she's going to be motivated and you're going to go flying a little bit. <laughs> Alexa Bliss, uh, they have their back and forth. Uh, more, I guess, strikes and kicks because it's starting off the match. Uh, like last year, they had Lacey Evans try to show her athleticism pretty early. And I would have regarded that as a mistake. Like, let them kind of settle into the occasion first before making them jump all over. Uh, but yeah, this was kind of smart. Uh, by the end of the countdown... It was a, a flippy flip-flop from Bianca Belair onto Alexa Bliss after the back and forth had finished. So, yeah. Number three, it's Molly Holly back again. But as Mighty Molly, uh, accompanied by the Hurricanes music and all, uh, she was great in the first Women's Rumble. Uh, so, and she got used to got it chance, like, almost immediately. <laughs> she, she just did, like, one or two things and was, I think, like a crossbody. And she immediately got chance as she was posing as a superhero. So, yeah. I guess good to see Mighty Molly. Of course, that was so long ago. I wouldn't be surprised if loads of people have no idea what's going on there. Because <laughs> that was like a tiny part of her career. <laughs> but she looks so happy to be Mighty Molly. <laughs> That's all to see. Uh, number four is Nikki Cross, as Mrs. Tagney's partner enters really early. Uh, she helps turn the match into a two versus two. Uh, but they pay for that with Belair's awesome strength for doing her... I guess it's not not a burning hammer, but her thing, kind of like that, uh, dropping one onto the other. Uh, fought back an awesome sunset bomb from Bliss to Belair, and everybody's down for number five, and it's Lana! Hooray! <laughs> loud booze for the Ravishing Russian. Of course, she cuts a promo on her way down to the ring. She, yes, she called herself the best double-double WW superstar. Oh, it was, uh, yeah, she, yeah, it was funny. Yeah, she got a reaction. That was kind of all that was needed for that bit. So, yeah, uh, still no eliminations. Completely different to the men's, <laughs> I think it's fair to say. Uh, number six is Mercedes Martinez. Quickly getting around the place after only being signed a couple weeks ago. Uh, she quickly takes out everybody like the badass she is. Uh, Lana goes over the top rope, but Martinez can't quite eliminate her. So, still no eliminations. Number seven is Liv Morgan. Uh, after skipping the whole Rusev, Lana, Lashley soap opera stuff, I flat out did not know her theme. So when it hit, I was like, oh, who's this going to... Oh, it's Liv Morgan. <laughs> like, of course I don't know her theme. <laughs> makes sense. Um, she immediately eliminated Lana. For some reason I didn't see that coming, but makes sense, given they played to the fact that Lana isn't a skilled wrestler at all, so Liv Morgan could easily eliminate her. I liked that. Uh, uh, who uh, She then lays at ringside screaming Lana. She's so like, oh... Wonder what's going to happen here. And Martinez puts Liv over the top rope. Liv fights back and climbs to the corner to uh, jump back in. But Lana pulls her back down and Liv Morgan is eliminated. It's his second one gone. And the two commence in a mighty brawl. A mighty brawl. Commence in a brawl closer to the catfight of old until the security pull them apart. And yeah, that's the end of that. Number eight, Mandy. <laughs> I would not have tried that if I was awake and uh, been able to stop myself from doing stupid stuff. <laughs> Number eight is Mandy Rose. Uh, King and Graves, both on commentary during a Mandy Rose bit. Everybody brace. <laughs> it did not take... Because uh, as soon as I saw King on this, I was like, this is an interesting choice for the Women's Rumble. 
And it took me like within the first, it, before anybody had entered, he'd already said something weird. It's like, ugh. But I, th- I, think, I think he referred to something as this amount of women in one match is my heaven or something like that. And I was like, why are you in this position for this? Uh, we got a little explanation later as a certain someone who would have been on commentary was a little bit busy. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. yeah. She goes straight for Nikki Cross but doesn't fare too well against the crazy Scott and Mandy Rose is down pretty quickly. Number nine is NXT's Candice LeRae. Uh, for the second year in a row, the NXT standout gets to showcase in the Rumble. Uh, quickly hits a beautiful line salt on Nikki Cross. Uh, and shortly after that, Molly Holly is just chucked out by Belair. The third elimination, first for Bianca Belair. Molly Holly is out of here. Uh, Bliss knocks Mandy Rose out on the apron. She falls off, but when the camera pans round, because it's on the far side, when it pans round, you see that she's lying on top of Otis, who had rolled out and somehow realised danger was about to come. Uh, Mandy then, realising the situation, the crowd loved this spot. Uh, Mandy stands on top of him and then gets back in the ring. It's like a good-for-you, Otis kind of feeling, and he starts to gyrate and rub his belly and be really, really happy about what just happened. (laughs) The crowd, again, the crowd absolutely loved it. Uh, number 10, I guess playing off of that, Sonny Deville enters, uh, the other half of Fire and Desire. Uh, the crowd are still chanting for the gyrating Otis. <laughs> like, by the time that Sonny Deville's hit her knees and kicks and everything, still chanting for Otis. Uh, after lots of kicks, her and Rose take down Mercedes um, Martinez before dumping her over the top. Uh, I guess nice seeing you, Mercedes. <laughs> it was, again, she's only been side of the company like a couple of weeks. She, uh, there's, there were two of them in, under that circumstance, really, who have only got signed like this month and are immediately in the Rumble and got eliminated pretty quickly. So, but I kind of fine with that because they've really not been in the company. This time next year, there might be massive names. Uh, number 11 is Kyrie Sane. And yeah, under Pirate Mania, you go, Kyrie. Uh, she brings her hypnotic umbrella into the ring with her. Uh, so I guess that was fun for the moment it lasted. Uh, she then immediately went on to beat the crap out of everybody. Uh, insane elbow to LeRae. Uh, right as the next entrant makes her way down. And it's Mia Yim at number 12. Uh, straight in. Eat defeat to Nikki Cross. And cue there by the ropes punchy punch. I guess it's entered that stage. Uh, Belair then lifts Bliss above her head. Uh, Nikki Cross stopped her from eliminating her. Uh, Bliss tries to stop uh, Belair from eliminating Cross afterwards, but ends up being used as a weapon by Belair to knock Nikki Cross off of the apron. <laughs> they completely failed. So that's Cross eliminated. Uh, Bliss then stays in the match by grabbing onto Belair's hair. Uh, not the first time we see that. Uh, after that, Mandy Rose gets knocked out again, but is caught by the standing Otis <laughs> this time. Uh, then Deville also gets knocked off, but that's too much for Otis to handle. <laughs> Rose and Deville both eliminated. Uh, number 13 is Dana Brooke in white. So technically, it's Dana White. <laughs> My jokes are on fire. Uh, she gets into it with Mia Yim, which wasn't wise. Mia Yim won. Uh, cue more ropeside scuffles. Uh, Belair then lifted Larey high above her head like she did to Alexa Bliss, but with no friends to save her. Uh, out goes Candice. Oh, poor Candice LeRae. Yeah, that's five eliminations for Bianca Belair already. <laughs> uh, the Michelle McCool record is not making it past tonight. <laughs> that is the thing. Uh, and Kyrie Sane eliminates... Oh, sorry, wrong way around. Kyrie Sane gets eliminated by uh, Alexa Bliss in kind of a uh, the fashion that it just happened. 
Uh, it felt like at this point that folk were just getting eliminated all over. Like they weren't going to be in the match for very long and they got eliminated pretty quickly. It was an interesting first half. 14, as the interesting first half continues, is Tamina. She back. And she gone. <laughs> the six for Belair. <laughs> Welcome, Tamina. At number 15 is Dakota Kai. Uh, I really need to get back on NXT. It's taken me a while to figure out these themes and who they belong to. As I hear it, I'm like, no, no, nothing. Oh, Dakota Kai. Oh, I like Dakota Kai. Um, she beats the crap out of Dana Brooke. Uh, Alexa Bliss then eliminates Mia Yim. It's that feeling of people just getting eliminated pretty quickly just continues to happen. And we're down to four in the ring as it hits halfway. Chelsea Green enters at number 16, accompanied by Robbie E, or Robert Stone as he's calling himself now. From it's like it's such a different gimmick. He's like the serious businessman compared to Long Island dickhead. <laughs> I've already lost monetization. Might as well jump in. Uh, Chelsea Green immediately eliminates Dakota Kai at number. So into the second half, and that feeling is still there. But she herself gets toppled over by Alexa Bliss. So Chelsea Green is immediately eliminated. Uh, her and Alexa Bliss and Dana Brooke get into it. Belair takes advantage, and Dana Brooke goes out, and that is seven for Belair. And we're back to our first two of Alexa Bliss and Bianca Belair in the ring. They both go out onto the apron, over the top rope, holding, and then Alexa Bliss holds onto Belair's hair to try and drag her, uh, and Belair uses that to her advantage and yanks back Alexa Bliss, pulls her back, and the goddess goes flying into the ring post. Eight eliminations for Bianca Belair. She's the only one left in the ring now. It's just her. As she recovers, gets her 10 second countdown. And number 17 is Charlotte Flair. <laughs> it's like, ah, maybe not the best time to be the only one left in the ring. <laughs> they have the awesome stare down. Uh, this was a moment the crowd really got into. Uh, the two went at it, but Flair has the energy advantage. So even though Be they ended with Belair actually getting the upper hand by dodging a, I guess, spear into the corner, but... Belair then wasn't able to stand up and really take advantage. They just waited for the next person to come down. And it's Naomi making her triumphant return. I say triumphant. She didn't win. Making her return. <laughs> she had amazing hair. She returned with amazing hair. Let's <laughs> look at that. Uh, awesome double drop kick and kick up uh, spot from her and Charlotte. Uh, and we entered a nice little fun triple threat for a little bit. So yeah, I've generally enjoyed the triple threat for the minute it lasted. <laughs> but maybe that helped. Uh... Number 19 is Beth Phoenix. Ah, that's why she's not on commentary. She's in the rumble. <laughs> it suddenly makes sense. Uh, Beth shows off her strength. Uh, Naomi, her flying ability as she springs board back in off of the top rope after Phoenix tried to eliminate her. Uh, slowly building in the ring. We're back to four as they split into two corners of fun. Uh, number 20, as we reach our final 10, it's Tony Storm. Aussie, 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 oi, 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 that's for you, Sam. <laughs> she immediately goes for Charlotte and gets chopped for her trouble, so bad idea, Tony Storm. Uh, Flair takes out Belair with a running high kick, or high running kick, I guess, uh, like the corner running high kick, whatever that's called. Uh, Belair gets eliminated. I was like, oh, I felt like they built her up pretty well, and she kind of just got eliminated by the favourite. I was like, oh, that's a, a tad sad. But she felt like a star for the time she was in. So when she debuts properly on the main roster, I feel like this was, this was a major deal for Bianca Belair. So, yeah, she got made a star in this match. Well done. Uh, number 21, it's Kelly Kelly. Uh, she injects some fun, I guess, with her crap, her Kunrana, and her stink face. <laughs> but uh, Flair has none of it and just destroys her. So I guess that was nice for a little while. Number 22 is Sarah Logan. 
after Charlotte's beating her up every week on War, on War, on Raw, how will she fare tonight? Uh, she goes right after Flair and maybe bust her nose. I'm not entirely sure what happened there. Uh, Beth Phoenix had blood later on, so I don't know if that was more from that on uh, Charlotte's nose or whatever, but yeah. Uh, Charlotte kicks her right into goodbye. <laughs> so Logan did not last long. Kelly Kelly tries to take advantage and eliminate Flair, uh, which caught everybody off guard, and Logan immediately pays for it and gets eliminated. That's another elimination for Charlotte. Number 23, it's Natalia. Uh, and Natalia and Glamazon reunite. Uh, another reunion for the night. Uh, close lines for everybody. Uh, this is the point where I realised Beth Phoenix had been cut open uh, with half of her, her uh, half of her hair down the back of her head was coated in red uh, with an accidental rhyme. Yeah, so she both looked like a badass and just kind of like, oh, crap, she has been cut. I didn't notice that. Uh, Jack Bauer, 24, it's Jaya Lee. She's back in the rumble again and kicks everybody again. Uh, even Charlotte can't escape. And we are with five in the ring with six left to go. Number 25, it's Zelina Vega. I'm assuming with another video game cosplay thing, but I don't video game that much. And I know she does more fighting game stuff, which I don't get the references for. Yeah, Spinny DDT for Naomi, which looked awesome. Rana for Phoenix, and just straight up kicks for Tony Storm. Uh, Natalia and Beth Phoenix try to eliminate Charlotte Flair at, at this point. Uh, going after the favourite is smart. Well done. <laughs> uh, but no one gets eliminated. And number 26, it's Shotzi Blackheart, our second recent NXT recruit following uh, Martinez. Uh, and we get our Naomi spot. As she, I didn't see who did it, but she's pushed down the stairs and she then managed to, I guess, balance herself and jumps onto the barricade like Morrison way back in the day. Uh, she then ups, gets, yeah, gets, sits up top of the barricade and shimmers her way down to the announce tables. And just stands there when our next uh, person comes down. It's Carmella with a very shiny get-up. <laughs> As Naomi, again then comes to Naomi, pondering her situation. <laughs> it's just a funny contrast with Carmella kind of running in with her really, really sparkly outfit. And then it cuts to Naomi who's like, I am in a pickle. <laughs> so I quite like that. Um, but yeah, Carmella does about 20 rotations with her head scissors. Uh, Phoenix... Then hits the glam slam on Charlotte. Come on, I've been taken down at that point. Uh, Phoenix hits the glam slam on Charlotte. Uh, then into the corner ring post goes Charlotte as she falls to the outside, but through the ropes, so she isn't eliminated as she crashes to the mat. Uh, and number 28 is Tegan Knox. Remember, Naomi's still on the table. She's not figured out her predicament yet. Uh, Tegan Knox enters. Uh, she's from Wales. Uh, but Phoenix glam slams her right into Night Night Land. <laughs> so, sorry, Tegan. Uh, number 29, it's Santina. What? <laughs> so I'd seen rumour, people had, had given a few rumours that Santina Morella was either at the arena or in the area. And people were like, oh, that'll be a funny thing to do with this mentor where he comes out and gets destroyed by Lesnar or something like that. Because uh, he's quite funny. We have to walk up to the big strong guy and somebody just put out there. It's like, oh, but what if he comes out as Santina? And this is every reaction would come up was like, they're not that stupid. Right. <laughs> nope, they did it. <laughs> um, I assumed WWE would pretend this character never existed. Um, but I guess if they are going to have him exist, have Beth Phoenix beat the hell out of the character that pooped all over her division a decade ago. As in, this is our sign of progress. We will beat the crap out of what you represented. Uh, he puts on the Cobra 
Uh, and then after seeing the face uh, faces on Natalia and Beth Phoenix, he's like, ah, crap. And then hits himself with the cobra, kind of falls backwards into the ropes and kind of topples himself over. Personally, uh, maybe it would have been a little bit better if the, the women had at least beaten the crap out of him a little bit or just thrown him out immediately, like, get out of here, you joke kind of thing. But he said he got a funny elimination. So it did not go down well on Twitter, is all I'm saying. Maybe they could have twisted this into... We know it wasn't. We know now that uh, in today's world, especially, this was not a smart character to have portrayed. I don't know. It's not aged well. It wasn't good at the time, and it's aged even worse. Uh, so having the women beat the crap out of him because of what he did to their division, yeah, I would have been down for that. But they didn't do that. So it's kind of like, oh, she's there for comedy. I, I think they missed the point of what they probably should have done here. Uh, but it did set up the super serious final entrant in Shayna Baszler. No Sasha Banks for you. Um, I don't know if that's because of a legit injury or because they... Also, they set up the injury knowing that she wouldn't be in the match. Because maybe if they wanted Charlotte Flair to win, just putting Sasha Banks in the match could have pe- turned people on it. So, yeah. So, no Sasha for you. Uh, but we do suddenly get our one hell of a favourite in Shayna Baszler after the Survivor Series. She goes straight for Charlotte Flair and sends her crashing into the steps, not forgetting that Charlotte Flair was still on the outside for this. Uh, then Shayna Baszler enters the ring. Jaya Lee flies out. Tegan Knox quickly follows. She then choke clutches uh, Zelina. I can't remember the actual name for it. And Zelina, it doesn't last much longer. Um, Shotzi Blackheart then tries to repeat her NXT Royal elimination. If you form on NXT, they had a Battle Royal number one contenders match, which Bianca Belair won. But in it, Shotzi Blackheart eliminated Shayna Baszler in a massive moment. So. They tried. They did a repeat of that spot, which is interesting to see on the main roster. Uh, but she failed, and out went Shotzi. So it's another elimination for Baszler. Uh, Naomi, with uh, I guess the thing that has the Royal Rumble logo on it on the announcer's desk, she used that to build a bridge from the announcer's desk to the steps, and she kind of scuttled across that. <laughs> it was just kind of like, oh, that's kind of cool. Uh, so whoa, uh, and Baszler at that point eliminates both Carmella and then Tony Storm. Naomi jumps in for the rear view. No rear view for you, Naomi. Out she goes. That's seven since Bezos entered, already eliminated. Uh, and Coy Graves called it picking all the bones. <laughs> so he entered 30 and ate the scraps. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I, I kind of like that line. Uh, heart attack from Natalia and Phoenix. Uh, Bring them together and swinging the momentum. But then Beth turns and eliminates her friend, <laughs> every woman for herself, <laughs> in this one. Uh, Baser tries to take advantage of that and fails. Uh, then Flair comes on to try to eliminate Baser. She also fails. But we have our final three and our stare down between Fair, uh, Flair and Baszler. Uh, Phoenix then runs along to try and eliminate Flair. But Baser catches her and out she goes. Uh, with Flair still on the outside, she tries to skin the cat. But Baszler grabs her legs and pushes her back down. Second try caught again. But the leg strength is too much and out topples the Queen of Spades. Uh, Charlotte Flair wins in a very, I guess, fine up and down rumble. Uh, I don't know. There were parts I really, really liked. And there were parts where it's kind of like, this is feeling weird. So I don't really know. Maybe I need to rewatch it when I'm not tired at a decent time. Uh, but yet the crowd didn't really cheer for Charlotte Flair's victory. Um, it, it was fun. But with only one winner built beforehand, there really wasn't much hype going in or out of this. Uh, personally, I thought it was fine. I enjoyed it. I didn't hate it. Uh, there weren't, any, Even though loads of NXT entrants came in and were immediately eliminated, even though Charlotte Flair was only, the only ever person that was going to win, 
I was fine with it. I guess I didn't really mind that much. But I didn't hate I didn't hate the match, I didn't love the match, I guess is one way of saying it. But my biggest issue really being that there wasn't much excitement coming out of this match when there wasn't much hype going in either. They were they didn't manage to spin it around. And Charlotte Flair winning She's already cemented on top, so it doesn't really progress anything. It keeps the status quo. Uh, only my kind of like my main downsides. Royal Rumble can be used to accelerate into something. This is the opposite of that, unless Charlotte Flair challenges somebody like Ray Ripley, which I don't expect to happen. Getting lynched, Flair again is <laughs> my assumption. Uh, there was a post-match promo. Uh, Charlotte Flair reminded everyone the division is hers. Uh, WWE have a lot more work on their hands to generate some hype onto the road uh, to WrestleMania this year compared to last year. Uh, a decent rumble, if nothing spectacular. The Made Banana star, Phoenix came across as a badass, Serena Baszler came across as a badass, but Charlotte Flair winning doesn't exactly inject a load of energy into the division going to WrestleMania. Right, as I click about again. Right, as I said earlier, I've deserved my drink. <laughs> now, just some water. I will say, I was somewhat dreading going live with this at such a late time. But that first hour has absolutely flown by for me. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so next up, if I get my notes back up, it is bloody Smackdown Women's Championship. <laughs> Bailey versus Lacey Evans. In the post-Rumble death spot. Uh, I missed a fair bit of this as I uh, went to the toilet, made some tea and whatnot. Uh, Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles met the same fate last year. So, as much as I may like them, four hours is a long show. And as we were about halfway through it at this point, Imp needs his hot drink, damn it. <laughs> I, I can't sit there for the entire four hours without refreshing, especially this late at night. Uh, I got back just in time to see Bailey get her get need in the face. Uh, followed up by a series of things from Lacey Evans. She tried to do her high-flying, because it was pay-per-view, that's up the ante and the stakes by doing something super impressive, but she fluffed both of them. <laughs> um, I can commend her for trying to pull out the pay-per-view level athletics. Uh, there were quite a few shots of Lacey Evans' daughter as we revisit the same AJ Styles and Kofi Kingston parent storyline. This feels no different to them. <laughs> so, I mean, they've done essentially done the same story three times in a year and a half. Hooray! But this time it's with women, so it's different, right? Same story. <laughs> uh, Evans goes for her awesome pop-up moonsault thing, uh, but Bailey got her knees up and then grabs the tights during a pin. One, two, three. Bit of a surprise it came there. Short and sweet, and this one's over. Um, well, it was short and sweet for me, uh, because I, I don't know how much I missed, because I was just refreshing myself, essentially. Uh, and there were shots of the daughter looking pissed. So, yeah. Cool, I guess. <laughs> this was a very... It was in the post-Rumble death slot. So it was very difficult to get into what I saw. The crowd didn't sound super into it, but again, I joined a little bit late. And things didn't get much better for him. Uh, for number four was the WWE Universal Championship in the strap match. The Fiend Bray Wyatt versus Daniel Bryan. So first notes, I'm so happy commentary was finally silent for the for that, I can't really say it. They were finally silent for the Fiend's entrance once again. First time since SummerSlam they said nothing. It's such an awesome thing to just soak in. 
and it was, it was great that we actually finally got to do it for the first time since SummerSlam. They've talked over everyone, and they didn't do it here, and uh, it was all the better for it. As I, personally, I'd never speak over it again. I don't know. Maybe I can let it go over the smaller pay per views, and that makes the bigger pay per views interesting. But personally, I would never talk over it. But I guess for a smaller pay per view to kind of hammer home, to kind of add something to that pay per view that this isn't as big as the other ones, you could maybe talk over it then. And it's little things like that that kind of cement that this is a smaller show. It's like little points. Uh, however, I'm not particularly happy that my PlayStation 4 that I was watching the show on uh, lost internet and I missed the first few minutes of this. So I took, uh, so I was away refreshing, missed a bit of Bailey versus Lacey Evans, come back and finally down to sit down and my PlayStation loses internet. <sighs> like, it, it wasn't super, anything super major, like it, it came back within a minute. Well, not a minute, it came back in a few minutes. So I didn't have to do anything. And so... No, yeah, not a great streak. I could not. Uh, not a great streak for Imp <laughs> since the end of the Women's Rumble in terms of me actually being able to watch the show. Uh, I call it the Stephen Bell curse lives on. <laughs> uh, the one night that he returns to uh, does a little bit of the wrestling Twitter, I immediately start to lose internet on things. <laughs> the curse lives. Uh, I get back into this match in time for Daniel Bryan kicking the fiend in the dick five times before DDTing on the German announce table. Yes, that was my introduction to the match. Uh, and now the whipping begins on the Fiend, is what the commentator said. Uh, I can see Brian's got whip marks all over him, so I'm assuming he's already been victim. So I can draw that conclusion, even if I didn't see it. Uh, so this is followed by lots of whipping out of the ring, then in the ring, then put together with some stomps to the face. Daniel Bryan then starts to conduct the crowd into Yes Chance as he hypes up his finisher. He charges towards Bray Wyatt, but it's countered uh, into a, a where with Bray Wyatt snatching Daniel Bryan out of midair into one hell of a sister Abigail. I thought this looked amazing, so all the kudos there, and yeah, it looked great. Uh, Daniel Bryan fought back into it, uh, a running another running knee this time hit successfully, and followed by the label lock, and with label lock locked in with the strap. Of course the Fiend doesn't tap Michael Cole. <laughs> what a weird thing to think that would happen. Um, so yeah. Uh, and Bray Wyatt broke the hold and then continuously started punching poor Daniel in the face before whipping him again. Uh, goes for Sister Abigail, countered into a roll-up. Uh, this time nailing the running knee properly. Another kick out. Breathes in the yes chance from the crowd to hype himself back up, but in the background we get the shot of the fiend standing back to his feet, and it, and then they look eye to eye and creepily laughs, <laughs> which was kind of an awesome moment. I like how it's different from the Undertaker, where it's not a sip up, it's a full on stand. So I like that. Um, so Brian then tries to whip him, but it's kind of pathetic. <laughs> it doesn't work. Uh, the whips are kindly met with a mandible claw. And then a mandible claw chokes them thing, and that's it. Bray Wyatt retains. Yeah, that was interesting. <laughs> I guess uh, I'd call it my least favorite fiend match of the Fox era because that eliminates the Hell in a Cell match, and I've got something. I've got reasonable stuff to compare it to. Um, I did miss the first like half of it though, so maybe it's not exactly fair for me to call a ruling on this. But yeah. Uh, after that, the te Fiend teleports away in spite of being strapped to Daniel Bryan. <laughs> There's a little point there. Uh, we get to see Daniel Bryan aided by the medical staff with a close-up of the bloody welts on his back. He sacrificed for our sins tonight. 
Uh, he drags himself to his feet before collapsing again and being helped to the back. Amazing post-match selling from Bayern here. Uh, the first man, uh, in terms of going forward as well, he's the first man to get battered by the Fiend, change, as in revert back to a pass self, and then fight back again before getting battered again. So what happens now? Does he revert even further? It's an untouched territory. If it's territory that we talked about at all, I'm intrigued to see what happens. Because I love the character and story parts of the Fiend character. Uh, opinions on the match? I'll... I don't know. Yeah, Daniel Bryan definitely sacrificed for our sins. That's all I can say. <laughs> anyway, uh, another chat message before I get into the next bit. Oh no, it'll be our final match. Bloody hell, powered through this. Oh, well. Yeah, I guess I'll leave the comment for the end then. <laughs> As I've got I only got one more match to do. I'll, I'll load up on more today. Mm. Here we go. Alright, get your chat things in. I'm going to end... <laughs> after this one anyway so it's Raw Women's Championship Becky Lynch versus Asuka 2 I don't, I can't, in my head I can't remember if they face off at other pay-per-views but I'll call it 2 because it's the Bumble in the Bumble uh, crappy CGI masks with awesome wrestlers uh, I really like how this match is the final singles match before the main event Rumble uh, really highlighting Becky's climb to the top over the past year really nicely and it was the differences between the two after this last year that were being highlighted that, again, I really liked. Uh, for me, the biggest difference being that uh, how even this match was compared to the last one. Uh, with Becky bringing just as many kicks and heavy hits as Asuka was herself in the first half, uh, the Irish last grabbed momentum early on after dropping Asuka, I want to call it a front suplex, I don't really know. Uh, Tim Rose with a funny tweet <laughs> about it. Saying that this is where, where I'm playing a video game, and my wife says, "Oh, can you put the kid to bed?" and does the gif of Asuka lifting and getting shoved. <laughs> like back to the game I go. Yeah, it made me laugh. Look at the tweet. I didn't do it justice. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was off the apron, flat to the outside, uh, also, and Asuka made it look like it was like the death. <laughs> um, uh, this time, compared to last year, Asuka was the one having to fight her way back in over most of the first half of the match. Whenever she did, Becky came back with something harder. Uh, hip attack into the ring post? Well, you enjoy a Brett's rope rock bottom from the man. <laughs> Just uh, something bigger to really take Asuka back down. Um, but it's Asuka. All she needed was one moment. A quick double knees counter and eventually the momentum swung into the Asuka lock. And then delivered one mighty kick, which was sold really well. The referee was checking on Becky as if she was legit knocked out. Uh, pushes, he pushes Asuka away as if he's going to call something. And as he then turns to, I guess, the ring bell people uh, to call something, champion grabs his leg to stop him. And hello, more Asuka kicks. <laughs> which... Completely took her out, and it's like, oh crap, is this going to be the end here? Uh, it, was an, it was an awesome near fall. Um, then that led to the end where, going to end it, Asuka got caught, and Lynch gets close to locking in the disarmor but doesn't do it. Asuka slips away, and then we're finally at a point of even Stevens. This final point is very quick back and forth as the two rise to their feet, fast back and forth. Asuka loads the mist. But Lynch super kicks her and the green mist sprays into the air. And then she locks in the disarmor. Get, get, yeah, the disarmor gets locked in. 
and as nothing Asuka can do, she taps and Becky Lynch has kicked the one last she couldn't on her rise to the top. <laughs> well done to Becky Lynch. Uh, yeah, this was a fun second round match, which you don't know. It's weird. This felt like this was the second round, and I want to say of three. We've had the one where semi-even, but Asuka had most of the momentum. The second one was semi-even, but Becky had most of the momentum. I'm looking forward to match number three, where it's even for most of it. I don't know how you can... You need time to get that across, and WWE doesn't always give them time, but I'd give them 30 to get that right. <laughs> and I'd love to see that. Well, they've had these first two, then you do match number three properly to settle it. So, yeah, I'd be down for that. But yes, this was a fantastic match and then send it in. Only downside is the crowd were a tad tired. They just wanted the men's rumble to begin. It was an awesome rumble, so, and it was kind of like worth it, but yeah, they were tired. They were ready for it to end, which kind of showed by a lot of the reaction. They were popping for the mental stuff, and I guess the all oh, this could be the end type of stuff. But they weren't super into it. I thought the match was great, even if the reaction wasn't particularly there. So, yeah. Overall, I'd say positive, really, for the Royal Rumble. Again, I had a bit of a few issues with the... Uh, I myself was not there to be able to watch two of the matches, <laughs> really, after the Rumble. So I can't really say. It felt like it went to a bit of a lull. But again, I wasn't really there, so I can't really say. I generally enjoyed... The men's rumble, really particularly. The women's one had peaks and troughs, but I really enjoyed the peaks. And the opener was fun. I'm never. It's a Royal Rumble where I don't think I'll. When I go back to watch it, I don't think I'll feel inclined to watch anything outside of the rumbles. Which I think is kind of like for these mega shows, it's like the ma major pushing back point about them. It's in terms of re watching in the future, they're just way too big of an overhaul to do, and the lulls are too apparent to really watch the entire show. It would be. It feels more like just watch the Royal Rumbles, and you get two, so you still get a mighty worth out of it. But yeah, that brings me to the end of this. I was oh, oh, just about to sign off, and I remembered really smartly that I'm meant to be reading the comments I got. <laughs> anyway, so before I sign off, uh, let's just quickly look. Kath uh, gonna listen to the whole Aftershock show tomorrow. Go, Imp, go. I bloody pedalled hard. <laughs> I've powered through this at half past five in the morning that it currently is. I've done pretty well for by myself. The notes help. 100% the notes help. Uh, we'll just check. I have read all of my notes. I've not forgotten something. I have not forgotten anything. That's bloody great. Oh, right. Thank you for listening to this. Uh, what were your opinions on the WWE Royal Rumble 2020? Did you love it? Did you hate it? What about the winners? What do you think about that? What do you think about how they handled Brock Lesnar as well? I guess Shayna Baszler in that as well. Bianca Belair being so dominant. Uh, if you've got really strong opinions about the singles matches, which aren't normally the case, but some people will have them, tell me what you think and uh, rhyme. <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> it's time for me to go to bed. Uh, anyway, thank you for listening. Um, please listen to the other shows on LOP Radio. I need to plug my stuff. Actually, no, plug my stuff. <laughs> you can follow me on the Twitter at the damn Impacat. I posted a column yesterday, uh, which was about the 2020 Royal Rumble and who I thought should win. I went with Charlotte Flair and Roman Reigns uh, as my who I thought was going to win. Does that? I might post all of the notes I use for this as a column itself. We're not decided yet. I might hit up people about that before I do it. Um, I'll do that tomorrow. I need to go to bed. It's half past five again. I'm not 
mental. <laughs> I, need to, I mean, I'm mental enough to do this. <laughs> I'm not also going to post a column. <laughs> uh, anyway, so uh, I will also be back on Thursday with uh, Imps LP Radio Adventure talking more, I guess, Roy Rumble stuff, and it'll be the aftermath as well with Monday Night Raw having already aired. I spent that on Friday. I go live Thursday, so I can't really work with that. Uh, but please do check out the other shows on LOP Radio. Uh, yes, yeah, so, so today was reserved for WWE post Aftershocks. Uh, Monday is Kingdom of Honor with Jaman and his friend Jeff talking Ring of Honor and New Japan. Uh, Tuesdays, I think they've moved, so I'll, I'll leave that one. Uh, Wednesdays is uh, the final few episodes of Plan Sports Entertainment is Dead, as he's got his final few guests going through matches. Uh, then after Dynamite, we've got Dynamite After Dark with uh, Jeanman and Jeff, who will be live immediately after the episode. Talk about that. Uh, we might also have some NXT coverage coming in the near future, but obviously don't want those to be immediately one after the other, so they will get spaced out. Uh, Thursdays is me. Fridays is also our NWA, the Legacy Series, which is following the new NWA show. The first show aired last week, so you want to go check that out as well. And... I think that's it. Saturdays is reserved for AEW Aftershock. That was it. Right. I'm going to bed. Thank you for listening, you weird people. <laughs> Don't ask me why. Uh, yeah. Uh, so thank you for listening to the Aftershock. In terms of Aftershock, uh, it will be back for... I think... I don't know what's next. If it's WWE or if it's AEW. There is a New Japan thing, but it's the that weekend is my brother's birthday weekend, so I can't do it. The might, unless Jamman is able to do a New Japan thing or to sell somebody, I won't be able to cover it. So the likely to be the next time will be either WWE or AW, depending on who it is. Uh, I was about to say something else, but yeah. Oh, there won't be one for the Saudi Arabia thing because I've not watched a single one of those shows. I'm never going to. So uh, I won't be doing Aftershocks for them, obviously, if I don't watch them. <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, thank you for listening to this. Hit me up on the Twitter I just plugged. Go to my columns. Go to all the Laws of Pain columns. Uh, check out all the other Laws of Pain shows. Hit the forums as well if you want to do Vite and all this or whatever. It's a perfect place for... It's where I got started. Perfect place for everybody to get started. And with that, I say thank you for listening and I bid you adieu. Adios. <laughs>